0: Hello there, my little kitties, and how are we all on this fine day? It's been raining now for five hours straight. Oh, complete bliss. Now, on to our first story of Nathaniel, the childhood ghost.
1: I'm a 29-year-old female, and the events I am about to detail begin to take place shortly before I was born, and are unanimously agreed upon as fact in my family, which is saying a lot since most of us are estranged from each other and no longer speak. I was a surprise baby for my mother because she had birth control implants in her arm at the time she got pregnant with me and at the time she was living in her sister's house since she had cheated on her husband with my father and needed somewhere to stay. Her room was at one end of the house and her sister's room was at the other. My mother had a large dog, part pit, part catahoula, that stayed in her room, and he was not any good with strangers at all. It started off small, of course it does. Water running, taps being cut on and off. The toilet would flush by itself. My mother is very intuitive, and not at all frightened by spirits. So when it became apparent that's what this was, she gave him a name. He was called Nathaniel, Her sister was an early believer, as she was in the house as well, and so was my father. The land my aunt's house was on belonged to my mother, and was really a choice piece of property with many acres. People tried to approach her about selling it numerous times. One particularly memorable example was when my mum, aunt and dad were all present. A preacher was interested in the property and was invited into the house. My family wasn't interested in selling, but they do like to mess with people and they told him about Nathaniel to deter him, but he was sceptical, which is why they asked him in. As he was making his pitch to mum, the doorknob to her bedroom began to turn and the dog got agitated and started trying to bite the knob. This went on for a few minutes before the preacher stopped talking and apologised and asked if he was disturbing anyone. Mum laughed and said there was no one in the room He didn't believe her, so she opened the door and showed him. I'm told he ran out of the house like his pants were on fire. By this time, the whole family knows about Nathaniel. After I was born, the events ramped up. He loved to play with my toys and would do so for hours, even if they removed the batteries. When my grandfather died and the family gathered at my aunt's house for the wake... A toy cell phone without batteries began to play Amazing Grace and they wrapped it in a towel and put it at the other end of the house under the sink but the song got louder and louder until it finished. My mum and dad split up, my dad got remarried and when I would go visit, Nathaniel would go with me. My stepmom said he'd roll the windows up and down in the car and play with the radio. He loved crayons and he'd constantly leave them on the floor. My dad got mad at his wife for leaving them out until she said it wasn't her. Finally, they told Nathaniel that it was fine to play with the crayons as long as he put them back and they were never left out again. Then one time, he picked up a plate of chicken bones and threw it at the wall. I was told that I would have conversations with him and when they tried to sneak in to see who I was talking to, even with my back to them, I'd wave and say bye. Nathaniel hates being told he isn't real and will go to great lengths to prove that he is. When I was 15, my best friend didn't believe he was real and told me so one day. Then one night, I got a call from her mum. Her mum said she begged her to call me and asked Nathaniel to go home. Apparently, Nathaniel followed her home and wouldn't leave the lights or the TV alone at her house. Nathaniel has calmed down a lot, but he's still around. He hides stuff, and you have to ask him nicely for it back. Mum says he's my guardian angel. I don't know if that's true, but he's still attached to me. I know that for sure.
2: When I was around five or six, I had a creepy encounter. This encounter happened in broad daylight, and my mom was with me in the house. She still remembers me coming to her and telling her what happened. This happened in the early 90s, I can still remember the memory of the event, though it seems so far away now. I have tried to put it out of my mind, however I wanted to share my experience. I remember playing in the dining room while my mother was in the living room watching TV. We had a house that had a basement. This basement always gave a creepy vibe, the kind you might sense in a horror film. The basement also had several rooms that we used for storage only. The basement also had a garage door where my dad would park his fishing boat. While playing in the dining room with some toys, I heard a couple knocks in the basement door that was located in the kitchen. My dad was away fishing and I thought he must have returned, so I eagerly jumped up to go greet him, as I had done many times before. As I opened the door, I'll never forget what I saw. Taking up the entire doorway was a giant shadow person pitch black with no visible face or clothing. I stood there paralyzed in fear for what seemed like forever. I was too scared to scream and too scared to move. Suddenly this shadow person, a shadow that had a humanoid form, I'll talk about that a little bit later, stuck his dark hand out as to greet me. My hand shot up beyond my control to shake his hand. I don't remember feeling anything. When I shook its hand. I mostly just remember the motion. As soon as the handshake ended, the shadow person completely vanished before my eyes. This is when my mom heard me screaming from the kitchen. She said that I had come running to her in utmost terror and screaming as if I had been badly hurt. She said at first she thought it might have, I might have cut myself as there were knobs and sharp objects around in the kitchen. When she asked me what was wrong, I told her I had seen a shadow man in the basement door, and he had shook my hand. She she said when I told her this, she was extremely creeped out by my story, but she wanted to try to calm me down. She said, well, he must have been nice since he shook your hand. We found out after we moved out that the person who owned the house prior to us had passed away in the house. I'm not sure if it's connected, but I thought it was worth mentioning. I can only describe that fear when I saw the shadow man as something akin to an animal sense of danger, when the deer frees up or the rabbits stop moving in order to survive. As I got older, my mom would ask about the experience every so often and told much of my family what happened. I described the shadow person as almost wearing a trench coat and with a top hat. I described him as looking like the neighborhood watch sign man. As I got older and I started working, I landed a nighttime job at a warehouse. I was working and listening to a radio show called Coast to Coast AM. They were having open lines and people could call in. I heard someone describe an encounter with an entity known as Hatman. I remember getting chills and having my mind blown that there were other people around the world who had had a similar experience that I had as a child. As far as I know, I haven't heard of anyone else shaking this being's hand, and most describe the encounter as evil or demonic. My encounter was a bit different, but one I'll always remember.
3: I need help. January of this year was a very dark place for me emotionally. My husband and I grew estranged after the loss of our first son at six days old. For about two months, December and January, we were apart as he spiraled with substance abuse to numb the pain. He left town and stayed with his father across the state. When he came back into town, we wanted to see each other. He checked into a hotel in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I drove out to see him around 7 p.m. when our then two-year-old son fell asleep. We were staying with my mother during this time and she offered to watch our little one. I stayed for a few hours. It was very emotional to say the least. We wanted to reconcile and overcome the tragedy we had faced. Around midnight, I decided that I needed to get back to my mother's house in case our son woke up. It was pitch black outside and my GPS led me down a narrow road. I was eager to get home and, although very overwhelmed, wide awake due to the adrenaline of seeing my husband for the first time after our separation. I crossed over a stream and started going slightly uphill. In the middle of the road was a set of bright green eyes. I instantly slowed down because there are a ton of deer in the area. If there is one deer, there is usually more. I slowly crept up the hill in my minivan, scanning for more eyes, and the figure in the middle of the road scuttled to the right-hand side, then stayed perfectly still and positioned. Scuttled is the only way to describe the way it moved honestly. To the right was a big open field, and some trees and brush that lined the perimeter of the road. The thing was along the brush, almost like it was trying to blend in. It was on both its hands and feet, and its arms were unnaturally long and bent at an angle. Its eyes were that reflective green the entire time I drove past it, and it had no pupils. I don't think it looked at me directly after it positioned itself in the brush. It stared past me with a black hole for a mouth, not gaping, but wide open since i slowed down quite a bit to prevent me hitting what i thought was a deer i got a good look at it whatever the creature was it was about eight feet tall but on all fours crouched its skin looked like orange bark like it was trying to camouflage along the trees but it was too orange and as i crept closer i saw that it was fleshy like gross orangey swollen bloody fleshy The nose is what stood out to me mostly. It was long and pointy. I'd almost compare it to Pinocchio before he would tell a lie. All the same orangey, fleshy color. I hope that makes sense. I don't really know how to describe it. It happened in seconds. I thought I saw a deer. I slowed down as I passed it, and it was not a fucking deer. I kept driving. Almost immediately after I laid my eyes on it, I felt my heartbeat in my throat. Such a horrific sense of dread consumed me and it almost helped me continue to act rationally and drive the hell away from there. I then heard a knocking and a huge thud come from inside my van. Like someone had jumped from the back, but on the inside. All of my windows were up because it was obviously winter So there was no logical way something could have suddenly appeared as I was driving. All of the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And every instinct I had was telling me to keep staring straight ahead. Do not look behind. Do not look into the rear mirror. Do not say a fucking word. So I didn't. I struggled to breathe. I had a huge lump in my throat as I sped down that road, so beyond scared with every fiber of my being on overdrive telling me to get away from there. The second I turned off that road, that feeling of someone being in the car with me was gone. I looked back and nobody was there. I kept driving and called my husband in hysterics, half sobbing half laughing out of shock and saying I'm not scared, I'd kick its ass, because I had a feeling it thrived off my fear. It was one of the most terrifying things I have ever experienced in my life. Months have passed since then. My husband and I have since reconciled and have been even stronger since our fallout. We have tried to look more into it, but every time we started to do more research, I would get a sick feeling in my stomach, almost like my body was warning me to leave it be. I tried to ignore it and forget it for the longest time. My husband and I bought a piece of property locally. As we looked at properties, we stayed away from anything big and open with a field because it reminded me too much of that thing. We purchased a heavily wooded lot about 30 miles away from where this experience took place. We are having a home-built custom to our three-year-old son's needs. Our little guy has cerebral palsy. We move onto the property next week in a camper to oversee construction. But now I'm worried. What if there is another encounter? And I have my little boy with me this time. What if something bad happens and I lose him? I already lost one son. If anything happened to my oldest, I don't know what I would do. We begin finally digging into what that thing was. We looked into the thing itself based on its appearance and the location I saw it at. It turns out that field I saw it was a part of a memorial park called Hausnick Park. There was a lot of Native American history tied into the area, so we dug more into local lore. We came across the term Skinwalker That was probably the closest thing we found that resembled the creature. That's what we've been referring to it as, but there were a few things about my encounter and its appearance that still makes me hesitant to believe with 100% certainty that that is what it is. Can anyone help? Does the look of this creature sound familiar to anyone? Could it really have been a skinwalker? Or is it something else?
4: My name is Melissa, and I'm going to talk about Florida's skunk ape. I grew up in East Central Florida and heard a lot of stories off and on through the years about our version of Bigfoot here called the skunk ape. Um, My dad had all kinds of crazy stories from firemen, policemen who'd be out, responding and see things, and never in a million years did I dream that it would actually happen to me and my partner. So this actually happened in 2002. I haven't reported it to the BFRO, but I've been thinking about it now that my partner's retired. Him and I worked together for nearly 10 years, and we've been through a lot together. Uh, I'm a retired firefighter paramedic, and I work on an ambulance now. At the time, uh, him and I worked together at the fire station in Oak Hill, Florida. About 11 o'clock one night, we received a call to back up some other first responders working a bad motor vehicle crash at the end of Lake Harney Road. This was on the Osteen side of Maytown Road. Uh, If you're not familiar with that, um, it's a long stretch of very desolate road, two-lane highway, That is surrounded by tree farms. It's about 18 miles one way. At the time, uh, Lake Harney Road was rural and unpaved, sandy washboard. It's all paved now, but back then it was a really rough area. It was a full moon, and it was really bright out. We drove our engine down Lake Harney Road, and we made a right, then a left, at the time, the area around there were all fields of uh, that native grass and some sparse pine trees. My partner was driving, and we saw a dead deer that looked like it had been hit by a car lying on a curve on the west side of the road, and it looked, it looked pretty fresh. As we passed the deer... Um, my supervisor called and requested that we stage around there. there were a, We could see down farther, and we could see that there were a lot of emergency vehicles parked down there. And they just asked us to stage in that area just to not uh, log jam the whole area. So we ended up parking the engine about 200 feet south of where we saw that deer. We turned off our headlights, and we staged in the road with our running lights on. We were talking for a while, and I think I dozed off for a few minutes. Well, I woke up when our supervisor called back and released us to go back to our station because they didn't need us. We had to drive down pretty pretty far to find a place to turn around because it goes from uh, pine uplands to really wet um, swamp-type areas. So we finally got turned around, and on the way back, I noticed that the deer was gone. And I said to him... Look at that. What happened to that deer? And he just like said something like quick, like, wow, that's weird. That deer has gone, you know, and that was it. Well, we didn't talk about it after that. Eight months later, we were sitting around at the station and my partner asked me if I remember that call on Lake Harney Road with the missing dead deer. I started to tell him I thought it was a panther that drug it off. I remember this whole situation really clear because at the time I was involved with Florida panther conservation. I mean, I was really into it. I even started carrying like a plaster of Paris kit, you know, in case I saw any tracks, you know. And I remember thinking that night, wow, I bet a panther drug that off. I should have looked in the road for tracks. And and I thought about that for a while and I was fretting about that. It was like a missed opportunity for me. Well, my partner stopped me right there and he said, nope, it was absolutely not a panther. He said he was looking in the driver's side mirror when a very large figure, I mean, he said it was probably at least seven or eight foot tall, crossed the road in two steps. It picked up the deer, slung it on its shoulder and walked into the fields. He said he wasn't able to make out any other glaring details other than it was just big and fast and dark. He did say that he instantly knew in his heart he was not looking at a man. My partner kept it from me because he said he didn't want me to be afraid to be in the woods. You know, because we have brush fires and stuff all the time. You know, you don't want to be scared working out there. Well, after he told me about seeing that cryptid... We never talked about it after that, and I kept it to myself. Um, I know that he was really afraid that if that story got out that he'd seen that, that the other firemen would pick on him or just, you know, ridicule, that type of thing. Well, his story really scared me. Him and I were partners for nearly 10 years, and we were really tight. And to me, his word is gold. I still run calls out in that same area, but I'll tell you what, I sure as hell don't run calls out there at night.
5: Hi, my name is Chris, and this is my story of an encounter I had at the Palace Theater in January of 2013. I'm part of a paranormal group out here in Texas called the West Houston Paranormal Society. In January of 2013, we went to do an overnight investigation of the Palace Theater in Seguin, Texas. Seguin is a small city just outside of San Antonio. The Palace Theater is a play and cinema theater built in 1960 and has been owned by the H.A. Daniels family since the 1930s. The theater plays host to the typical supposed experiences, scratches, shadow people, weird noises, etc. Another side note The location is only 15 miles from a bridge off Interstate 10 called Woman Hollering Creek. The state of Texas named the bridge for the legend of La Llorona, or the Weeping Woman. Story goes that there were so many reports of crying and moaning reported in that area that they named the creek after her. So, about my experience. As I mentioned, we were there doing an overnight investigation of the Seguin Theater, and this happened during the last hour of our investigation, at about 4, 4.30 a.m. I was in the main part of the theater with a fellow investigator. We had a laser grid light set up in the back, reaching towards the stage, and we had taken a seat in the back left side, if you're facing the stage. We were sitting about five seats apart in the same row and watching the dots for any distortion. I was slumped down in my chair a little with my arms crossed, feet apart about shoulder width, and did something I had done on many, many investigations. I fell asleep, or so I thought. Now, for about the past 10, 15 years, I have experienced sleep paralysis on the regular. At one point, I was experiencing at least once a month at all hours of the day. It became so commonplace that it never scared me. I wasn't worried about it because at that point, I knew it was just another episode and I just had to get through it. One thing that I've never had experienced, which I have heard from others is this feeling of someone in the room with you during your sleep paralysis episode. Every episode I experienced just consisted of me looking around the room I was currently in while trying to move my body. Never once did I have an episode with something or someone in the room with me. Once I fell asleep in the theater, I immediately went into sleep paralysis mode. I knew that my eyes were closed, but I could still see the entire theater exactly as it was when I was awake, although with a sort of hazy look to everything. Like I was looking through a filter. I was not able to see my body, but I could turn my head, in my mind of course. And I looked to my right to see the other investigators still in their chair. Then I looked back to the front, and that was when I noticed my view was obstructed by darkness. I looked up and saw, standing between my feet, a shadow person. I could see the head and shoulders. It was almost six feet tall. Suddenly, I got this feeling that it knew that I was aware of its presence and was looking at it as soon as i got that feeling this thing in a super fast motion bent forward and put its face nose to black nose with me then suddenly it entered me through my head like black smoke entering my body my arms suddenly started feeling like electricity was going through them think of how a body part feels when it falls asleep but 10 times more intense and it was only in my arms it was one of the weirdest sensations i've ever felt I turned my head towards the other investigator and started trying to yell for her, knowing that if I could yell, it would wake me up and break the sleep paralysis spell. I was not able to yell, no matter how hard I tried. For what seemed like forever, but was probably no more than a few seconds, I struggled to get this thing out of my body. Finally, it was flung from my body, and at the exact same time, a thud came from the lobby behind us and was loud enough to wake me from my spell. After that, I went outside and paced back and forth, recounting everything that just happened to me and to try and explain it away or rationalize it. To this day, I still get sleep paralysis, but I've never experienced anything like that. When I first started investigating, I was much more of a full-on believer. That was back in 2004, and as I've continued investigating, I've sort of flipped sides and become more of a skeptic. Save this experience and maybe a handful of others, I've never really had anything that to me was proof positive of the paranormal or ghosts. And while 90% of what I've experienced or what others have told me can be explained away or rationalized, to this day, this particular incident still boggles my mind and has me wondering what exactly I experienced. As I said, before that and after that, I've never had any sort of sleep paralysis experience with someone else or something else in the room. I've never seen a shadow person in any of my other investigations, and while I do consider that I was in sleep paralysis, what I saw was in fact a typical shadow person by all accounts.
0: Well, that's it for tonight, darlings. I do hope you enjoyed our spooky tales. Join us in two weeks for our next round of chilling stories. And remember, if you have a strange but true creepy story to share with us, do send it to DeadlyDebbie at Mail.com. Now, I'm going for a nice walk in the rain, and I'll be keeping my fingers crossed for thunder. The last time I got struck by lightning was over five years ago, but here's hoping. (laughs) Good night.